In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In principio erat verbum. Verbum caro factum est. Et habitavi in nobis. Everyone who visits this church sees those words on the pulpit fittingly. In the beginning was the word, in principio et adverbum. When you turn your eyes to the altar, whether you're on this side or the other side, you see the words verbum caro factum est, and the word was made flesh. And as we look up at the tabernacle, again, from front or from behind, we see the words, et habitavit in nobis. And he dwelt among us. He made his home, his habitation. He lived among us. Those with a prayer life and a sacramental life see these words and ordinarily would hear them in the context of all of eternity. In the beginning was the word, from all time Jesus Christ is God, eternally begotten Son of the Father, second person of the Holy Trinity. Right here and right now and For all of human history, he becomes present on the altar, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He becomes flesh. The bread and the saboria, if if we remember to put saboria over on the credence table. The bread and the saboria, which if we didn't, it would be my fault. That will no longer be bread anymore when the words of consecration are said. Body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ The word made flesh, Christ is flesh on this altar. And then we look at the tabernacle and we see that he lives among us. He has made his home among us. He is here forever. As he promised, he would remain with us. This is not just a consolation. This is our life. This is what matters most. This is what will last forever. But if we take a step away from seeing things from the perspective of heaven, and if we hear these words and experience them as we walk step by step through this life, slowly and carefully, meditatively, we realize that these three words are just the beginning. They just set the stage. Yes, in principio et adverbum, in the beginning was the word. Through the word, all of creation came to exist. In time, 2,000 plus years ago, the Word of God became flesh in the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
and he lived among us. He, he lived this human life. That's the beginning. What we took our time considering over the, next, over the last week are the next three words. Passus sub Pontio Pilato. Crucifixus mortus et sepultus. Descendit in inferos. Under Pontius Pilate, he died. He was crucified. His body was buried. And he descended into hell. As we walk through these events step by step, we recognize this is the action of God. And we recognize this is the action of God. This is manifest through us. Think of the first six steps so far. In principio erat verbum. Through the word, God created everything. The purpose of the universe is to glorify God. The love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is so perfect, so completely self-emptying, and so worthy of honor that the universe is created for the glorification of God. But if the universe were simply rocks and beautiful waterfalls and flowers and rainbows and sunsets, it would be a thing. And it would only die eventually. But on this earth, what is the pinnacle of creation? You. You reveal, you manifest the good that God has done in creating the universe. You were made to be like God, to know, to love, to remember. to commit, to show mercy and strength, to judge and show gentleness. He became flesh, the direct work of God. Why? For you. Not for his benefit. He's already God. Nothing can benefit him. Nothing can add to his glory. He became flesh for you. You are the occasion for God to reveal his incredible humility, his perfect love. God from all eternity, creator of heaven and earth, creator of everything, creator of the stuff out of which stuff is, became flesh for you. And he lived among us. 
He dwelt among us. He lived our life. Why? For you. To show you that your life isn't ordinary. Your life has been taken up by God. Sub Poncio Pilato, passus, crucifixus, et sepultus. Under Pontius Pilate, he died, he was crucified, and he was buried. This is the work of God. This is his choice to lay, his down, lay down his life freely. Why? Because of you. Because of your sins. When we reach this point, we realize that I am the cause of his death. He died because of my sinfulness. As we were reading through the Passion of St. Matthew on Sunday and the Passion of St. John on Friday, when we reached those words that he gave up his spirit, he bowed his head and died, and we dropped down to our knees. It might have felt like that's where it should all end. That's where it should have ended. How could we hope that it didn't end right there? That would be the accomplishment of our deeds. That would be what we would have to show for our words, our actions. There's a little stretch of Route 1 in Maine in between the towns of Brunswick and Bath. A stretch of road that my family travels many times a summer. Over 15, 16 years ago, before my niece was even born, driving my brother and sister-in-law in their Subaru up the coast of Maine in the nighttime, passing some traffic and other cars traveling along with us, we crested a hill. And just as we were beginning to overlap the vehicle that we were going to pass, and just before the, tra the car traveling along with us switched into the left lane to make that pass with us, we see headlights right in front of us, an hour lane of traffic headed the wrong way. No further than from me to the first station of the cross at 60 miles an hour. And that moment was like three still images. I see the lights and in the rearview mirror I see my sister-in-law's mouth drop open. And the next still image was the steering wheel going to the right and slotting in to the right lane just barely behind the car we are about to pass. 
just barely in front of the car that would have been switching into the lane to pass a few seconds later. And the next still image is the steering wheel to the left, back in the lane of traffic where we had been, in utter devastated silence. That's where I should have died. That's where the story should have ended. There should be nothing after that. Whenever I pass that little bit of road, I imagine that there's a cross on the side of the road. That's where my grave should be. If we think of all that we deserve or all that we can claim, his death should have been the end of it. That should be it. And then there are three more words. Resurrexit. Sicudixit. Tertia die. Secundum scripturas. He rose. As he said, we didn't understand him when he said it, but he rose as he promised he would on the third day, according to the scriptures. He came back. Why? For you. To show you that he conquered your sins. Your evil is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story. Eternity has begun. You can be forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Your sins washed away. And if you remain with him, if you stay faithful to him, in this life you will suffer and be persecuted and be hated, but in heaven you will live forever. And how do we know this? How do we know this is true? Again, because of you, because of the church. The action of God made manifest through us Nothing more clearly, the act of God, unmediated by anyone, is his rising from the dead and proving he is not just man, he is God. And ascending into heaven, resulting in the apostles going to all the corners of the world to proclaim this message. If it hadn't happened, they would have scurried back in hiding to return to a life of fear, afraid that the same would happen to them. But they didn't. They went and proclaimed a message of hope and forgiveness, of love and mercy, which in this life would only guarantee them suffering, hatred, persecution, and death. Not even the most demented soul would invent that hoax. We know it's true. We know it happened because of them and because of the ones whom they told, whose lives changed by the risen one, 
and the ones to whom they brought the message of the gospel who were converted and the ones whom they evangelized and accepted the sacraments. Which is you. 2,000 years, 266 popes. It is the work of God and we know of it because of you. The proof of the resurrection, the proof of the truth of our faith is that it still is. It's not a message of prosperity. It's not a way to success. It promises you only suffering. The only thing that you stand to get out of it is a life of heaven, which in this sanctuary we begin to enjoy. We savor the, the constellations of heaven. The work of God shown through man. The miracle of God in which you play a role. And then we look at the cross not as the sign of our shame, as something proclaiming a defeat. If that were the case, we would cover it this week, not last week. But now we reveal it as the sign of victory, as our triumph, because we are with Christ, because we have died with him, and we rise with him, and we live forever with him. And we go back to these three words. And we see that this word is for all time. Not only in the beginning was the word, the word is forever. And the word is made flesh in time and for eternity. And he has made his home with us so that forever in heaven, our home will be with him. In principio erat verbum, et verbum caro factum est, et havi tavi in nobis. Supponsio pilato passus, crucifixus, mortus, sepultus est, descendit in inferos, et resurrexit, sicut dixit, tertia die secundum scripturas. Alleluia, Alleluia. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.